Hey, most of us have seen these court cases when they have, for instance, it's most common in traffic cases where they have a little line somewhere in all their paperwork that says bond forfeiture. Basically means you relinquish any right to make claims in those bonds. In order for us to really understand how and why it is important for you to quote unquote bond these cases, I have to understand how insurance works. You have to understand how investment and bonds work. You have to understand the importance of doing audits. Because most people's intent when they say they want to bond a case using GSA, General's Administrative Bonds, the Miller Bonds, the 1400 series, the 270 series, 20 series, all that stuff. And whether you're federal or state. Their thought is, or their intent is, okay, I'm going to bond the case, I'm going to close the account. It does not work like that. That concept is very general and broad. These things don't close. And when you say you're bonding a case, it's good that you're doing it. Basically what you're really doing is you just basically giving up some form of monies. By filling out financial forms that they've generally accepted as a form of medium when they bundle certain things and sell it on stock market it's really no different than what is done with your your bank account that you share crop with the trustees of the bank when you open it if it's not a, a, a checking account, aka non-interest bearing, if it's some other whatever else they initially push at you, they would take certain percentage of that and invest in the stock market with it. And based on your labor and your sweat equity that they're taking and investing in the stock market with it, they promise you a certain percentage of it every year. Some cases, every 90 days. Some cases, every 120 days, depending on whether you use a, a trust bank account or just a regular you know, bank account. Because there are certain banks that just only do trust. Like you, if it's, say, Jones Bank and Trust. By the way, those are really the best types really open any type of trust accounts rather than just a general basic banks that you see around are really all owned by one these bank of america us all that they're all the same but find other entities that deal specific with trust but nonetheless these bonds and court cases are similar to investment whenever someone who is held as surety Someone who's locked up, 
whenever they say, okay, your bond is $150,000 or your bond is $100,000, just give us a certain amount of it. Pay us a very small percentage. Give us 10,000 bucks. Give us 10% of that 100,000. Or give us 1% of it. Pay $1,000. The moment you do that is the moment that you've accepted a contract. Yes, we all know that, right? But really what I mean by that is this. That amount that you bonded out, that you gave as a partial payment for that total amount that they say that you owe as a surety for whatever claim that's brought against you, is a loan. In this case, this is banking going on right here. In this case, you will now, in some cases, you will now have a bondsman that you would have to give certain amount to every month. That way, you don't hold your surety again. No different than what they used to do back in the day with Irish slaves. And people they brought here through Transportation Act of 1717 from Great Britain where they sell certificates basically sell people for monies the form of certificates or other forms you are now doing that voluntarily but now what's going on is there are different mediums. The bondsman that you're paying is paying someone else because he's investing in a bond that you signed onto. And then there is a, a bigger boss behind closed door really getting all the money. That's the one that's really putting up that money. That's fronting that amount. That 100K, it's usually some type of insurance company or some type of banking entity or other obscure quasi corporations and then they're mainly private but they're just doing some business with public and the majority of them the industrial complex is Lloyd's Lloyd's of London Lloyd is an L L O Y D S of London. So most people's state of mind will be all right. I I gave you gave you ten thousand out of one hundred thousand, and now if I show up, I get that back. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. If you show up in court cases, there's a very good chance you're not going to get that amount back. This is one of the reasons why it's also important for you to quote unquote bond those cases by filling these out. But even then, you're still going to have to get an audit of that to be able to make claims to get that amount back because you have to prove your equitable interest in it after you've 
properly filled out those administrative formants and bid bonds and all that stuff. Have to get Moody's report and all that like you do a foreclosure. Then that's you know, it's a whole another process of claiming that thing itself. But people think, okay, I've paid them a thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks, and they say, okay, the condition is show up. So you show up, and now you're thinking, okay, why why aren't they giving me my my monies back? That amount that you gave up, it's just interest for the that company that invested, or in some cases, it's really the everyday man or woman who has enough amount to just directly on those things it's just another form of investment one of those multiple sources of income it's a loan that bond that somebody fronted you was a loan and when you gave that percentage of it that was synonymous to a down payment of some sort you to show that okay I'm a creditor and I can you know you can give me this loan and here's a little bit amount for everything to be initiated and you can invest in it and you can take your interest. That amount you gave them is a part of an interest. People need to step back for a moment and stop thinking like a victim. A victim will think, okay, I've showed up, so now where's my money? That's not how this shit works. The way it works is that bond amount is a loan it is considered a loan within banking and accounting and if you're constantly monthly the moment you're monthly given that bondsman whatever amount all that amount is just interest no different than if got a credit card we all know all that shit in many ways material fraud you extend credit and then accept get a surety and then you give them payment for your own credit essentially that's the same thing is happening here in this case they've effectively subrogated you because you were held captive and I know the choice in life but to sign that contract independent of whether you're aware of it or not so now monthly you're paying interest on a loan that was extended to free you somebody else paid those monies to buy you as their slave monthly interest on the loan and when you show up and you meet those conditions you have no right of claim to that thing unless you can do an audit on it and show that you were the one who put the money down. Yeah, they're using your, your, you know, your sweat equity here and there because you've given them those monthly amount and oh, there's this social security account that they're tapping into and those are your monies and whatnot. Could be. And show equitable interest social security number and that account it's like a car insurance every business activity they created that thing you didn't 
their tool, that is their creation. Again, you can have equitable interest in it if you can prove it. But it has not been proven. So even if you show up for any specific court date, you're still really not entitled to get that amount that you gave them back. And besides that, there's a whole lot of lists, a stack of more paperwork that was not introduced to you when you signed that one or two page paper saying I'm going to be released for this amount. If you begin to read those lists of favors, you see that there's a lot of binding conditions that basically make you waive any right of claim to it. You talk about public, private, public, private. They're running their private business, all right. A lot of things that are held confidential away from you that you don't see. And this happens behind closed doors. And most of those bonds, maturity period is about seven to ten years. Those stacks of papers that's not disclosed to you. They have in their private legal little counsel that they have. They have maturity dates, usually between seven and ten years. So even if somehow the case gets disposed of in the first. Nine, six, three, three months, one year, two years, that bond is still running. We've all heard that they say, oh, a case never closed, even if after it's dismissed. That's what they're talking about. A bond that's still running. That is what they're referring to when they say the case never closes, even after it is dismissed. The bond is still running, it's still cooking, it's still marinating. So that that investor cash out on it once it's matured. The presumption is that that maturity period it's the time period that that investor lent you that 100,000 bucks for use. And then you have that equivalent amount of time to pay it back monthly. Independent of whether you pay it back or not, it's going to mature. Because remember, what you're supposed to be paying back is just mere interest, profit. That is one of the ways the investor makes profit, residual income. Then once that's seven to ten years, some even run for longer than that, but an average is seven to ten years. And once that seven to ten years goes by, cash out. And that is what business is all about when it comes to these bonds and things like that and think about it why would they just let you out if they say well your bond is 100k 
but just give us this one and I will let you leave and you know just come back and we might give you back your money somebody else is putting up the rest of that amount banking system that is one of the clear ways that the banking system is connected to the supposed court system and that court system itself is just pure banking you have to really look at things from this these real realistic perspective you have to look at the reality of things so the bond is a loan whereby the moment you sign a one or two piece of paper that they introduce to you you've entered into that loan agreement that yep I'm agreeing for this company to lend me this amount question now is do you have to go to a bondsman bond case to put up a bond for the case no you don't but what I will say publicly is you should probably find a very effective way to use an entity hold that thing all that Angelica's that everybody's chasing after before you begin to do these USA from what I've seen that is the most efficient way now read the instructions of these USA's because some of those USAs require certain capacities for it to be filled out as. Do it very carefully so that you can fill it out correctly. So since most people don't have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand bond themselves out to buy themselves out, they go to through other people these other entities don't even have that amount so they go to underwriters insurance companies even they themselves don't even really put that 100k 200k down they use collaterals they use real properties as collateral present these real properties as collateral to insurance companies Lloyds of London one of the biggest ones that do this as far as I'm aware of the Americas question you have to ask yourself Lloyds of London's was an entity that was created about 330 something years ago 
but the Articles of Association was created around 1773-1774. Lloyds of London's existed prior to the Articles of Association. Look into the history of Lloyds of London and the people that funded the creation of this thing called the United States. And Lloyds of London's connection to the British Accreditation Registry. Then you will really begin to realize that these people called Esquires, this whole court thing, pure business. They don't care how you feel about what is going on. But you must really understand who is really enslaving who and how they are doing it and why it is important for you to take things into your hands. I highly implore you, look up Lloyd's of London, L-L-O-Y-D-S of London. Look into the year they were created, how they were created, how they fund certain national activities, how they're linked to the British Accreditation Registry. And that same Lloyds of London named insurance companies all these bondsmen and all these investors work with. And even sometimes if you look deeper into these audits, when you start going you get you get these reports on these spaces, start realizing that the sheriff's departments are stakeholders in these cases are Sheriff departments put up monies to stakeholders in the cases you are involved in. After all, they're the ones who lock you up. That municipality, that village, town, that borough locks you up. They are putting up money investing that bond of that case. It is all strictly business. So if you don't show up, they're going to keep that money and they will fight to keep it. <laughs> and another thing is when people don't show up after entering into these bonding agreements, this actually puts some bonding companies out of business. It really does. This is the reason why they get really upset. And even though you do special appearances, they still pull out a bench warrant on you. Because that's fucking up business for them. When you don't show up physically, it affects the business operation of bonding companies. It literally puts them out of business. Because your performance is a full plate that backs everything up. So, you want to bond the case? Oh, good. Know how to fill the forms right, know the right forms, and understand if you're really not ready to do business, it carefully. Because there's a lot of money involved, there are many stakeholders who are making a lot of money from this. The least you can do is do it right. 
you're going to do GSAs for a case, do it with the intent of mitigation. Meaning, put up that, this might sound like sissy move, but hey, exercise the legal yearbook and science to construe what I'm about to say. Create those bonds, because you do have the power to do so. Create it, just do it right. Create it, and if you think you're not fully sure and blaming it again and getting those back, just leave it the fuck be. Accomplish the mission of obtaining your own freedom by bonding yourself out. But if you know you don't really know how to do audits and how to really function in business, you're trying to claim all those amount back doing one thing or the other, you are threatening in a world that is you're probably not prepared for. So can you bond a case yourself? Yes. In fact, you should. Are there more steps you can take to then get those amounts back? If you can prove equitable claims and you have preponderance of evidence and material evidence that you're the ones who issued it beyond speculations of some stuff you heal or read for from some long ass PDF about how to do this or do that with accounts and this and that. You have actual proof. Get that proof. Then show equitable interest. Then just come in properly by full capacity. Still, get your spirit game up. You must be doing business. I'll just put it that way. People love running away from business. You, you are already engaging in business. But when you do that, just make sure you do it right and be realistic about what is really going on. Understand those basics. Start from there. At the end of the day, despite all those words that might sound though it's motivating or discouraging at the end of the day the truth remains that if someone is in prison or in jail regardless of what the offense is you can actually get them out of there with the GSA I will say this when you do that GSA just be sure to accompany it with a very short letter of an extremely short letter making reference to the law to acquit them. If you want to do delegation of the fee of form fifty six and but ones that I've done that worked, I never did that. But you can if you want. But always put in a cover letter. And most of the time best for you to pair it up with things like Davis Corpus and you know other other basic judicial things. Don't limit your remedy just one thing. Always attack things from different angles 
same time. And the importance of approaching things from different angles, from sort of financial aspects, got to deal with the judicial part. Because remember, the venue itself still incorporates some parliamentary rules of procedure on, you know, some judicial aspects. So you have to entertain that too, because if you don't entertain the judicial aspect, they will do it. They will take that money. They will cash that bond. And they will not give you a hearing date at all. You have to be multifaceted in your thinking, approach and see things for how they truly are. Don't just limit your remedies to just one thing. Or else, they will just, if you manage to get that man or woman out of that physical holding, they're not going to give you any hearing date. They're just going to keep adjudicating on a judicial level. And then do a final disposition to the disfavor of whoever it was that was being held as charity nonetheless. So when you deal with the finance, deal with things on a judicial level, don't try to use the finance as an excuse for you not to attack things on a judicial level. Don't run away from things. Deal with it all. It's a burden, yes, but learn how to make yourself their burden also. So always approach things holistically. Don't be one-track minded. 